Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. Hello, everybody, and welcome to... Cheers. <laughs> Spark Rental, Brian and Denny, with their Facebook Live. Um, it, uh, sorry. <laughs> that kind what of is, day, huh, <laughs> Yeah, serious. Anyway, we, um, last week we talked about the comparison between real estate and, real estate and stock returns. And today we're going to be talking about uh, 1031s and some of the ins and outs of how to transfer a property into 1031 so you can minimize some of your uh, tax liability. So, um, and I know we get a lot of that, those questions because it is a little tricky, but it's probably worth it if your situation is right for it. So go ahead, Ryan, and start us off and uh, let us know how this works. <laughs> so 1031 exchanges, here's, here's the, the sky level view. Uh, you sell an investment property and you take your profits from that property and you reinvest them into a new investment property. And if you do that immediately or more or less immediately, then you don't have to pay capital gains taxes on the, the property that you sold. Uh, but you have to reinvest the profits right away, basically. So yeah, now, there's is, pretty stringent time frames. Oh yeah, this. and we're we're yeah. gonna go all through that <laughs> so that you understand exactly what those those time frames are. Um, but you know, first and foremost, this is something that's only available for investors. Now, you know, the average homeowner might try to whine about this until they realize that they have an even better exemption for their own uh, capital gains taxes on their personal residence. Um, it's called the primary residence exclusion, uh, also known as a section 121 exclusion. And it gives you the first $250,000 of profits on a, on your home that you sell. Uh, those are tax free for capital gains taxes. Uh, and if you're a married couple that doubles to $500,000 in profits right. tax free. Uh, now you must have used that property as your primary residence for at least two of the last five years. Uh, and those can be at different time frames. You know, you could move in for a year and then move out for two years and then move back in for another year and then sell the property. And that would that would count. How do you, they prove to... that? Uh, well, you you declare it on your tax return. Okay. And if the IRS audits you, then uh, then you have to prove to them that it, <laughs> that you did live there. Um, but, you know, there are somewhat good public records on this, uh, including in your tax returns, right? I mean, you, you file your primary residence in your, in your tax return each year. So, you know, the, if, if you try to claim a section 121 exclusion on a property that you never actually use as your primary residence, uh, the IRS, they know that. <laughs> so, I mean, it's an easy audit trigger for them. Gotcha. Tim Dooley says, hi, how you doing, Tim? Hey, Tim. Always, always good to have you around. Norfolk, he says. Tim's from Norfolk, Virginia. For oh, doesn't know Tim. I didn't even know what that meant. And I didn't want to say it because the last part was kind of a bad one. <laughs> <word. laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, back to our uh, back to our subject. So, continue. How do like? I know you need a person involved in this. You can't just hold them money yourself from the sale of your house. That whole thing. Right. So uh, you need to hire what's called a qualified intermediary. Uh, this is basically someone to hold your funds in escrow and to manage the legal paperwork for you. Um, so, you know, you pay someone a small fee to do this. There are a bunch of companies out there that offer this service. Uh, you, you pay them a small fee and, you know, like I said, they, they file the, the tax paperwork with the IRS or rather at least they prepare it for you to file. And, uh, and they, when you sell your old property, they will hold your proceeds from that in escrow until you buy the new property and they will transfer the money for you uh, to the settlement table when you buy the new property. Very cool. So what, what are the benefits? Can we talk about some of the benefits of all this? Well, there's, there's exactly one benefit and that is uh, you defer paying capital gains taxes on when you sell a, uh, an investment property. Now, you will still need to pay capital gains when you go to sell the new property that you buy, um, unless you 1031 exchange that property. So you can keep kicking the ball down the road. Oh, wow. um, so, and, and keep uh, rolling your profits from an old property into a bigger and better and more lucrative new property uh, indefinitely. Uh, but if and when the time ever comes when you sell one of these investment properties and you don't uh, do a 1031 exchange to buy a new property, at that time, you will owe capital gains taxes on all of your profits from that property. So if, okay, so you sell your property and what if, and if settlement doesn't occur in the time frame, then then you lose all those benefits. Is that how that then you have to pay works? capital gains taxes on the property right. that you sold. Okay. Um, we have somebody say, great topic. I am helping people with a capital gains trust strategy um, that delays the taxes as well. So this is definitely go. a, a good way um, for a real estate investor to defer some of these taxes or minimize them. Yeah. And, you know, on that topic of you know, kicking the can down the road and, you know, continuing to 1031 exchange your profits from one property into a bigger property, into a bigger property. You, if you die without ever having sold one of these properties and not 1031 exchanging it, you know, if you, if you keep that final property in the chain until you die, then you don't pay any capital gains taxes on any of them ever. Um, mm. And upon your death, the, your cost basis resets to whatever the, value of that property is at the time of your death and it goes into your estate and um, your your children might pay estate taxes but only if your total estate exceeds the estate tax exemption which is pretty high right now what is it 12 point something million dollars uh, per person yeah so, yeah now that and that will probably go down again uh, in the coming years because I, I think that is scheduled to reset in a few years from now to a lower amount. Um, but anyway, we're getting off track <laughs> from 1031. <laughs> but the point is that you you can theoretically use this strategy to never, ever pay capital gains tax on any of your properties. If you keep the chain going, right? You keep uh, rolling your profits from one property into a new property every time you sell them. And you can use this with vacation properties. So you could still use 
vacation property, right, Brian? And then you sort of, <laughs> um, it still needs to be an investment property. You are allowed a certain amount of time, uh, of personal use each year. Um, but that is limited to four. Well, so it, yeah. So 14 days of use, um, or 10% of the time that it was rented in that year, whichever is greater. Uh, that's if you, um, if you want to 1031 an old property into a new vacation rental, um, it's, yeah, you still need to use it as like an Airbnb rental property for the next two years, at least. Um, okay. But you can use it for up to 14 days a year or up to 10% of the amount of time that it was rented in each year. Which is not. It's not bad for getting the tax break and still getting to have a vacation. Right? Yeah. Your property. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Just to let everybody know, I put a calculator um, link in the chat and that goes to uh, the property depreciation calculator. Right, which is which is a point we actually haven't touched on yet, but that's an important point. Uh, when you do a 1031 exchange, you, you also defer paying depreciation recapture on that property. Uh, now, again, you know, you will owe it when you sell the new property, unless you roll that new property into another new property when you sell that one. So, uh, but yeah, depreciation, uh, for anyone who's not familiar with it, you can depreciate the the cost of the building uh, for the first 27 and a half years that you own the property. It's a, it's a tax deduction that you take each year, basically like 127 point fifth of the uh of the, the building value um and uh but when you go to sell a property you have to pay that money back to the government um so it's it's almost like a free like interest-free loan that you take from the irs um but you do have to pay it back you have to pay uh depreciation back when you sell the property unless you do a 1031 exchange you also get to defer um depreciation recapture in addition to capital gains tax so this is a pretty good strategy really for a real estate investor. Yeah. So the, the broad strategy looks something like this, you know, you, you go out as a, as a new investor who doesn't have a ton of cash and you, you buy a single family rental property or some sort of, you know, small affordable rental property that doesn't cost you a ton of money. Um, and then a few years go by, it appreciates in value a little bit. You're earning some money on cash flow, and you decide to sell that, small, cheap, single family property and use the proceeds from it to buy, let's say a duplex that cash flow is better, right? So you, you go out, you, you sell your single family rental and you take the proceeds and you buy a bigger, more expensive duplex with better cash flow. Uh, do a 1031 exchange. You don't have to pay any capital gains taxes when you sell the, the single family rental. And then a few more years go by, uh, you earn some more money. The new property appreciates some. And then you decide to sell that property, the duplex, and roll the funds into buying a fourplex that cash flow is even better, right? And all now, the while- Now, can you live in one of them? Like, can you live in one side of the duplex and still do this? No. Uh, Darn. Well, again, for, for you, would, you would get an even better exemption. You would get the, the primary residence exclusion for that. Gotcha. So you, yeah, you wouldn't, you actually wouldn't want to do a 1031 exchange because you'd have a section 121 exclusion, you know, the primary residence exclusion, right. which is even better. Gotcha. Uh, but the idea is that you keep rolling, you keep this chain going where you keep buying bigger and better cash flowing properties. Uh, each time you, you sell your old house, you roll the 
proceeds into a bigger property that cash flows better until you know eventually you've got I don't know, 10 unit, 20 unit, whatever property that cash flows really well. And you never had to pay capital gains taxes along the way. That's amazing. Now we should talk about the time limits involved because those are uh, very strict. And you need to know these if you are thinking about doing a 1031 exchange. So uh, you sell your old property. You have 45 days to declare a new property that you plan on buying to replace it. Now you can identify up to three different options for new properties because the IRS understands that uh, real estate investing is not always an exact science. You know, sometimes deals fall through, you know, whatever. So within 45 days of selling your old property, you have to declare up to three different options for new properties that you're planning on buying to replace the old one. And then uh, you need to settle on one of those three new properties within 180 days of selling your old property. And when we talk, when we say buying or selling, we're talking about the actual settlement date of right. both. Wow. So you really have to, I mean, especially in today's market where things are gone like quick, you really have to have a, a good strategy in place before yeah, you jump into this. Yeah. So this is, this is where you, you're, the qualified intermediary comes into place here. You, you declare to them what, the, your three options for new properties will be. They will document that. They will prepare the, the tax statements for you. Um, uh, but yeah, you have to declare it to them, basically. Gotcha. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great strategy. It does add a, a level of complexity here. But if you are looking to build your portfolio and to you know cash out your older smaller properties in favor of buying larger better cash flowing properties this is a perfect strategy to do that awesome i am also going to throw um an article all about capital a link to an article about capital gains and then shortly thereafter i will be um sharing one on this strategy yeah, so we we have a detailed article with uh, you know yeah more details about about how this process works if you want to read further uh, and we do have an article also about other ways that you can either defer or minimize or avoid entirely capital gains taxes on real estate investment properties uh, and I see Paul Bax here says uh, he says I hear Dell Wamsley talk about this all the time. Uh, I don't know Dell Wamsley, uh, but it sounds like sounds like a smart guy <laughs> who, uh, <laughs> who knows what he's talking about. Uh, Denny, is there anything else that you want to cover about 1031 exchanges before we call this episode complete? Um, just make sure that you talk to somebody like an intermediary and your financial uh, accountant or whatnot, you know, just to make sure that you're doing all this right. Yeah, and it always helps to speak with an expert um, just to make sure that your your strategy, your your plan is uh, is all above board, and that you, you're not missing some critical piece of the puzzle. Um, so, if you're thinking about doing this, you know, do a little re internet research on qualified intermediaries. Call up a couple of them, uh, talk through the process with them, make sure that you understand exactly how it works, um, because you know you can get tripped up on some of the details here. So make sure you have a, a very solid grasp of, of how it works. Absolutely. Well, I think uh, we're at the end of this episode. We'll be back. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Or I'll well, be I won't back be. next you week. Will. You won't be back next week. <laughs> I'll be in Uruguay next week. 
Poor guy. Do a little wine tasting. I'm excited. <laughs> to not. I'll be here. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you soon. Keep us posted about what you want to hear about in future episodes, and we will talk to you soon. Have a great day. Did you know we offer a free eight-video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information. Visit sparkrental.com slash learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us, and we will catch you on the flip side. Bye.